Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello, welcome to episode 163 of the Square Ball Podcast. I'm Dan Moylan. With me, Michael Normanson. Hello. And Mr. Chapman, Moscow White. Hello. Giving you the formal introduction these days. I feel like you finally earned it. Well, I'm wearing a top hat. The podcast is brought to you by Levi Solicitors. You can get 10% off your legal fees when you mention the Square Ball when you inquire. You can get all the information you need at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the Square Ball. Looking ahead to the weekend and Sheffield Wednesday game is the next one on the radar. That's when issue five of our fanzine lands. It will be on sale via our website and on the streets at Ellen Road as well. And check out the clobber as well, all the merch on the website. If you want, if that Christmas money burning a hole in your pocket, spend it on us. That's what we want. Because <laughs> we didn't get any presents. <laughs> it was quite it was quite a poultry Christmas. Well, slightly strange for us recording now because we are only 12 hours on from recording the match ball following the Arsenal game. So I dare say we haven't had a lot of new thoughts. But has anything occurred to you now the dust has settled a little bit and you've slept on it? I've mainly got more annoyed about Lacazette not being sent off. At the time, I thought, ah, fair enough, he's, adly, he's not really touched him very much. But thinking about it, that is always a red card. And the number of times you've heard people say, oh, well, you can't get away with that sort of thing. But you can. Yeah, because he, he did. If the referee's your best friend, as he seems to be, just like whatever he's doing, we're, we're playing Zaka rules tonight. He can do anything you like. Obviously, it was like I said, who did the kicking thing, but he set, maybe the, he he set the tone, didn't confused. he? Yeah. What one thing we didn't cover off on uh, on the match ball last night, as we were got all excited, was was about what we'd said off air about Shaka. In that, if the ref had booked him fairly early on in that game for one of those multiple daft tackles, it would have probably either stopped him doing it later on in the game. Or he'd have been sent off. And it would have stopped Click getting booked as well. That was the point Danny Murphy made. Click's looked at the game for an hour and thought, all right, Zaka's allowed to do this. I'm just going to go and put a cheeky shove in. And then it's an instant yellow card. And you could see why Click was uh, pissing himself laughing, basically. And Danny Murphy was funny in that. Um, we sort of touched on it a bit last night when we did the match ball, in that there was a point where he just coughed, didn't he? In lieu of saying anything <laughs> when Shaka was mentioned, he was like, yeah, that's what I was saying. That's what I was getting at. Dickhead. Didn't like him at all, and it was funny. It was nice, actually. A bit of credit for Danny Murphy. Well, not so much credit for Danny Murphy. It's just another way to slag off Don Goodman. But it was nice to hear a Leeds game without Don Goodman. Mm. Or someone from, who else does it? Keith Andrews sometimes is oh, there. God. Andy Hinchcliffe's pretty bad on it as well. Just nice to hear a new voice who's not a Leeds-hating bastard. Yeah. It is maybe worth shouting back a little bit to the West Brom game as well, while we are defending Click, because Slavin Bilic was... He also had another nibble at everything after after saying that the referee was fine and that the game was played in a wonderful spirit. He hadn't seen Click dragging their player down by the arm in the penalty area. And his rant, I mean, it's Slavin Bilic, so it goes on for quite a while, but it's, it's, uh, um, that's a penalty. There's no discussion about it. He's talking about what, not seeing the whole pitch or having a technical view of the pitch. And he says, uh, 
Yes, he says he always sees the technical view of the pitch. So it's not like a combat, like saving Private Ryan. You don't see it from up there. Still, you don't need a saving Private Ryan cinemascope view of what's happening in the trenches. I'm already lost. About this. What's going on? You remember when Click dragged him down? Yeah, but why is he of, talking about Saving Private uh, Ryan? And a lot of Saving Private Ryan wasn't in the trenches. There was quite a lot on the beach. Well, he's comparing lot, quite a bit in a town. He's comparing it to like a close-up view of the violence. Where was Tom Hanks? Man-to-man combat that you would uh, that he, you would get. Whereas, he's basically just watched Saving Private Ryan, hasn't he? Yeah. He can't get it out of his head. <laughs> he's expecting Matt Damon to haul Matthias Click down. Is that what's? It's like when you do a seminar. Everybody moves, and it's clear for the linesman. It's clear for the fourth official. It's clear for the guy at the top of the stand. It's clear for me. It's clear for the rest referee there's nobody in front of him it's a pen all day long there's no discussion about it and of course i'm angry i'd make a little drinky drinky motion if i'd heard this live well, there's more <laughs> like a bit of a, oh slaven's been he, on it he's been he, on the sherry <laughs> he ends this with quite a flourish he says after that penalty we got against preston i had to talk about that penalty for a couple of days the one they got by cheating was it harsh was it this was it that i almost had to apologize for something that you would have needed var with this one nobody's talking about it it's a derby game they were saying Preston was an important game. What was this one then? It wasn't, this was, it wasn't a derby game. This was the game of the decade. Only that. <laughs> What's he on about? He's gone a bit silly there, hasn't he? I think he's annoyed that he had to defend his players for diving and cheating in the Preston game when you would need a video referee to be able to see that they had dived and cheated. Whereas he's saying this was so obvious that everybody sort of should have cheated, well, uh, seen it. And it's a much more important game and he's wound up well, calling it the game of the decade. The, well, ob- the obvious thing to point out is that that's his player who's done the thing the first time round, so that's his responsibility, whereas the referee, not his responsibility. So all he can really say is, yes, the referee was wrong, whereas you say, are you making them cheat, Slavin? Given you yourself were a big cheat. Do you remember him getting um, Lauren Blanc sent off in the World Cup? He was a bit of a dreadful Went, bastard, went down holding he? his face when I think Blanc yes. just like, spoke to him from a few inches away or something. Yeah, that breath kind of, yeah. So... He went full breath. Bamford, didn't he? So Slavin, but yeah, he did. It was it was a full a full Bamford Villa. I would uh, also like to refer the honourable gentleman to my previous comments on this. In that, if you actually watched that, they were both at it. And yeah. as Click threw him to the floor, he still had a hold of Click's shirt or his arm. One of the two, I can't remember which it was. They were clearly both tugging at each other. You don't you don't stand there, like you know in the penalty area. You don't stand there and decide. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just start pulling this guy around for a laugh. It's because you're both doing it. But yeah. It was saving Private Ryan, Dan. Anyway, at least it didn't cost anyone a place in a World Cup final. Yeah, this is true. Like you, Slavin. That was game of the century, wasn't it? Game yeah. that was that was that was Lauren Blanc's game of the century. I think and he missed um, it, but he's a scum. He's a scum bastard. So I don't. I, I was oh, actually quite true, amused yeah. that Lauren Blanc. <laughs> he wasn't at the, the time, was he? I think he might have been. I thought that was. W- weren't him and Fabian Bartes both full on scum at that point? I mean, so. I think I think given how nice um, Bilic was generally about Bielsa and the game and all that, I think he's probably still just about in credit. Yeah, we should concentrate on that stuff. And then we've got uh, Mikel Arteta last night saying that playing against Leeds is a nightmare. It's like going to the dentist. And he did say some uh, interesting stuff about the kind of what we were touching on last night with how the Arsenal players were just such a bunch of twats where he was saying that he told them this team are really good and they have to be really good three times a week. They're strong. They play in the championship. You're going to have to be alert from the first minute. And they basically spent the first 45 minutes like as if it was just a training match. And I think he, from memory, from reading his comments this morning, he sort of said he's interested now that he's seen their reaction, that in the second half they they got shouted at and then played a bit better. So now he knows, he's like, right, 
if you can react like that, you can play like that. Yeah. And everything you're sort of saying about it seems like he's, it's like he's got a like a primary school class and he's like trying to get their, like sort of behaviour out rather than having a football team where it's like teaching them how to do an overload and switch and overload and isolate and how do you get... How do you, how do you give a shit, lads? Yeah, the, the Bielsa and his 16 different ways of passing or whatever. In this, no, it's like, how do I make these millionaire children <laughs> care about doing their jobs? That's one thing we did touch on a lot last night I found it remarkable the lack of any giving a shit from a lot of the Arsenal players particularly in that first half I was thinking like Ozil he is a player that really you don't need to teach much to he's, a, he's won a World Cup and European Cups maybe one just two who knows he's won he's won lots of good stuff is what I'm saying a lot's happened since we've been out of the top levels hasn't it <laughs> So he shouldn't need instruction. He should just be good. But he didn't give a shit. Yeah, I worked out on Ozil. You know, he's on, he's on 350 grand a week, isn't he, Ozil? Which is £18.2 million a year before tax. Our entire squad was put together at a cost of £17 million last night. Yeah, that's, that's about half of our turnover, isn't it? 18, £18.6 million. Pounds. And they, they all had that air of the match being something that they just wanted to get over and done with. Oh, I mean, it's late. We're missing EastEnders. Can we just, 80 minutes? Have we had enough? Has everyone had enough? Next goal, next goal, and then we can go out. I've got to, I've got to be up early in the morning for a, a manicure, they, a toe massage. They book. should have, by rights, given the difference in divisions and all that, they should have at least put us to the sword. And they didn't, they had us under pressure, but we you know we've been under pressure in other games um, across the last year or two, occasionally. We've been under pressure by a lot worse teams than that. Yeah. So I'm not sure that we uh, played as well as we did in the first half. I'd like to watch it again and then compare it to like the first half when we completely destroyed Cardiff because there did seem to be something where maybe with the the space and the lack of interest that Arsenal were giving us, we just seemed to be attacking faster, better. Those ones, that one touch passing around the box, often in the championship you'll see like click or take a touch and look for a, a pass and maybe stand on the ball a few times. Last night we were suddenly just like, well, it around, yeah. to, to quote Arsenal fans TV, we were like Barcelona, Barcelona. <laughs> we were like Barcelona bopping them all over the pitch. Yeah, whatever that means. Yeah. We'll have to get used to this sort of stuff, we, won't we? We didn't even mention the fact that um, Nicolas Pepe was like 75 million quid as well. Who was the other player they had he up was, front or kind of a, a forward wide player? I mean, Lacazette was decent. He thought, was quite especially good. Especially in the second half, but I don't really remember Pepe being dangerous at all. Lacazette versus White. Lacazette was the one who um, kind of shit White up, wasn't he? But You could sort of see his quality, I think, and his touch and stuff like that. It looked more dangerous than anything we faced in the championship. But even then, it was that level of kind of disinterest, wasn't it? Like, no chasing down second balls and nobody supporting each other. And I don't know. The only time I remember Pepe's name specifically being mentioned was when their keeper took a long goal kick and Danny Murphy tried to defend the fact he'd, he'd, he'd by saying Nicholas Pepe is quick but I mean he'd, I don't think there were any Arsenal players in our half and the keeper kicked it the full length of the pitch straight into Meslier's hands wasn't it and he was like well he, he, was, he could have got to that he was almost implying that Nicholas Pepe is the fastest human to have ever lived and that he could maybe have, have run the 50 metres required in under three seconds other than that though did now I mean, with the aid of hindsight, we were sort of saying, weren't we? It was the ideal outcome last night, an honourable 1-0 defeat, um, and now we can just get back to business. And it's going to free up a couple of weeks, at least, well, one at least, anyway, against Millwall mm. in the league, give the lads um, a week off, which is probably more valuable uh, than anything, I think, at this stage. West Brom and Fulham are still in the cup as well, aren't they? Yeah. So yeah, hopefully that can... Good. Who, who have they got in the draw? I know I shouldn't throw these questions out when we haven't even looked at it. <laughs> I kind of hope someone bad so they can keep progressing. Just uh, keep getting well, through round after round. Well, while injury you, after injury. While, while you uh, look at that, 
I wanted to mention that I'd been running some numbers on this promotion bid and calculate it's actually really, really hard for us to not get promoted. Now. Do you know that? <laughs> sure. It is. It really is. I mean, I, I want to be quiet. I want to put the information there and you can form your own conclusion, but it really, really is, right? So if we go for a basis of 90 points being what we need, yeah, we, we only need probably about another, let's say realistically, another 36 points will see us up, 38 maximum. Plenty of scope for, for dropping a few points here and there. Last year, from this point, we only got 32 points. So we only need to be a couple of games better off than we were last year. That's the starting point. We've also got a bigger gap to third as well, which essentially is three of those points yeah. extra. So it's kind of, it's really, really hard. And if anybody wants to pip us to it, now Sunderland is the mm-hmm. is the example here, right? In 1998, they got 90 points and still finished in the playoffs, which is unheard of. Was that Quinn, Phillips and Bridges? What a team. But in order to do that... You're talking about Brentford getting 91 points, which means they'd have to get like 48 points from 20 games, which is like, it's nearly 2.5 points per game. But what if we don't win any more games this season? But we will. You're talking about Brentford dropping only 12 Mm. 12 points for the rest of the season. They need 2.4 points per game and they're only on 1.65. I think Brentford might only need to win four more games all season and they could still finish above us. I mean, the caveat is that they do need to play us. So there is a six-pointer in there and the same goes for Forest. And again, similar story for Forest though. They still need to get 48 points from 21 games, which is ridiculous and way above what they've done all season. Have they uh, signed Jack Clark yet? He was rumoured to be going there, wasn't he? Is it confirmed or? I've not seen it confirmed anywhere, but yeah, that's strong rumours that he may be on his way to Forest. It would take a monumental collapse for us to not go up. <laughs> what, but, what did, why did the words Jack Clark suddenly <laughs> make you think of a monumental collapse? <laughs> it wasn't really monumental, it was just kind of a little, little collapse. Oh, so it would only, the only sort of collapse we've ever seen like that before has come from us. So that's the danger sign is that we're all kind of too stressed by last season, but we, yeah. we really are going to have to mess this up in a spectacular way. The news from the FA Cup fourth round draw. Forest uh, got knocked out, didn't they? So that's them. The other teams do have some quite pleasantly distracting matches. Brentford at home to Leicester City. That's a big game. So that will keep them occupied for a while. Fulham away to Manchester City. So again, they'll all be like, hey, we're back in the Premier League. Let's just concentrate on that. And West Brom away to West Ham United. So that's going to be just a, a Slavon Bilic wank fest day after day. So they've all got games that will distract them. Millwall, even if, you, if we're looking at them sliding into the playoffs like little pieces of shit. Uh, they're at home to Sheffield United. So again, it's they've, they've all got Premier League teams that will, uh, yeah, will distract them and they'll hopefully win and fuck their season up even more. If they all need replays, that would be ideal. We thank Levi Solicitors for their support as well. New Year, if you fancy a moving house, a lot of people doing it at this time of year. If you are, speak to the conveyancing team at Levi's, um, accredited as part of the conveyancing quality scheme. If you're buying, selling, remortgaging or a new build, they've got it all covered off, completely transparent on fees and you can get an instant quote right now on the website if you go to our landing page address coming in a second and don't forget whatever number is shown on there you can knock a further 10% off as well because you're coming through the square ball head to levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball it's all with a view to the transfer window so the players that we're bringing in they're going to have to move to the area aren't they was hoping to cast the net a little bit wider than that but I mean if, if footballers are listening to this Bless you, I'm sorry about everything. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah please do. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. In amongst all this hot Arsenal chat, uh, we now need to replace Eddie Nketiah. He's gone back. Least surprising news of the decade. It's now a problem, isn't it? We've only got one striker. I mean, you can't... Ryan Edmondson's there. Just Not just one striker. I can't have been alone last night, you know, when, when Bambo hurt his foot a little bit late on in that mm. game and thought, no... 
Well, him and Ailing went were both injured at the exact same moment, weren't they? And you thought, all oh, right, I this did, is where it goes wrong. I did wonder if one of them's like, who's going to be brave here? And Bambo's like, now I've got the image, even though he's actually mortally wounded. Oh, carry on. It's okay, Luke. Save yourself. <laughs> We've got uh, Tyler Roberts as well. Speaking of the mortally wounded, he's a striker. Yeah, well, he's never playing again, is he? He's going the same way as for sure. One week in, seven weeks out for Tyler Roberts. The um, the terror that um, Marcelo Bielsa inspired with his um, comment in the press conference when he said that Adam Forshaw, he has a problem with his hip and he cannot recover 100% from this. And when that was <laughs> tweeted straight out, everyone was like, well, he's, he's, got, he's actually going to have to retire. It's like, no, no, it's the tense is, is lost in translation. He means he, he is having difficulty recovering 100% from this. Terminal. It is. He cannot recover 100% from this. It is four months he's been out now, 16 weeks. It is mad. The first game he missed, it was Barnsley and it was, he's due for a late fitness test. Should be fine for Derby next week. He'll be. He, yeah. he, he's more or less okay, but he's been at that eighty percent fitness or whatever. Whereas at least Tyler Roberts is up and down. We do get a little bit more detail than the days when I still love Thomas Christensen when he said Pierre Michel Lasogo. What's what's the problem with his his injury? And he went, it's uh, the leg. Just absolutely giving nothing away. But it does seem like they've been caught out by whatever is up with Forshaw. And wasn't Phil saying the other week that they're like trying to avoid an operation with him and that might be the thing that they don't want to go down that route for whatever is up with him. I guess there is an argument. Hip replacement. Well, yeah, there's, there's an argument for saying if we can get three months out of him, two months out of him at the back end of the season when we really need it, is it worth it? we got Robbie Gotts now, though. That's true. Never to play again. Some of the names then that have been touted... Shay Adams didn't realise he replaced for sure. No, oh, well, that's a striker. Yeah, he'd been touted as um, as a striker, but didn't realise he'd been named after Shay Guevara, which should play right into Marcelo's uh, political leanings. Obviously, why we want him. And um, Salim Lamrani's probably got posters of Shay Adams on his wall. <laughs> One would imagine. Next to his posters of Shay. While we're on first names, who was Reese? Who was Reese named after? Last night, Reese Nelson. Reese, not spelled like Reese. Uh, is the not name like- near the name Reese, but like the shop. Maybe he's been named after a clothing brand. I mean, it's not a bad shop from memory. Get some decent decent gear in there. Anyway, Che Adams will want to destroy the destroy the commercial property, I'm sure. Refusing to have any... You're probably going to uh, Southampton's club shop. Can I have Che Adams on the back of my shirt? No, sorry, he won't allow it. <laughs> but he's not leaving, according to Hassan Hootl. He says, he, I cannot consider that I loan him out because I need every player, especially in the attacking position. We don't have that many. They are still, though, the thing with Southampton is they're trying to buy a striker. And, yeah. and so there's still that chance that if they get one, we can have him. That's really the case with all the players that get linked at this point. It's At the moment, they're needed. But then if their club can buy someone, they can probably move on. I was looking through this list of, of targets and I, I can't remember if we've got uh, Glenn Murray down here. But when we're down to the the point when we're looking at 42-year-old fuck's sake Glenn Murray, you do start to see that truth in what Victor Orta says about the January window where there's, it's, it's very difficult to buy anybody good and that the values all go up because if you look at the the few players that clubs don't need, they're not great. And then if you look at the values they're putting on them because they know that it's basically a seller's market in January, um, you end up spending £10 million on... Glenn Murray or Gary Medine, who you don't really want, which kind of then says we maybe should have tried harder to keep Eddie and Ketia in the end, even if he wasn't the right player for our system, at least he would, you know. Be there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's very it's very 2am in a nightclub, isn't it? It's the, <laughs> it's the dregs and the risks are... 
the risks out. What's left is left for a reason. <laughs> Beautiful way to put it. Where's this um, Luke Freeman link come from? He's at Sheffield United. Well, we tried to buy him over summer and they got him instead. Well, we were apparently linked with him over summer. They got him instead and then they haven't used him. He's the lad who was at QPR, yeah? Mm, he was and... really good against us for QPR last year. Well, he's the new Darren Huckabee. And did you see, um, I was reading about him, did you see he's made, already mates with Luke Ayling? Mm-hmm. And Luke Ayling was at Luke Freeman's wedding. They might even be the same person, I'm not sure. <laughs> but did you see who else was there? Kyle Bartley, mm-hmm. sign him, and Matt Smith. All the players we need were at that wedding. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. just the transfer window sorted if you were there and to think Brian McDermott went to Noel Hunt's wedding and <laughs> thought he came back with all the players he needed why wasn't Bielsa invited to this Ailing must have invited Bielsa to his wedding I think it was Freeman's wedding rather than oh okay Luke well Luke Ailing must have invited he could have taken Bielsa to his plus one Freeman's wedding Bielsa to do a speech what's his wife what's his Poppy is she called yes he just said to look Poppy you're not coming to this wedding I'm taking Bielsa in a tracksuit <laughs> Uh, back to Luke, Luke Freeman. And what position does he play for the benefit of anybody who can't remember? Just one. He's just a forward, isn't he? He's kind of got that old school, just I'll play up front and be really good thing about him. Sheffield United gave him number eight in their squad, if that counts for anything, and then not played him. And he was QPR's most dangerous player when we played them in a year. Didn't he score the goal that put Bielsa into that corridor crouching torment? Quite possibly, yeah. Yeah, or at least he set it up. And I seem to remember he played... A little bit Pabloish. He was kind of on yeah. the right, but cutting in, but in the middle, kind of playing a bit number tenny. He'd be good if he was the Jack Clark replacement. Then he would be a massive upgrade. Yeah, because one, he'd be able to stand up <laughs> without f- falling over. Yeah, so caffeine coma. Also, in his favour is that um, he doesn't like Lee Johnson, who sold him while he was at Bristol. Oh, is that true? Yeah, he's, he was at Bristol with with Ailing, and then he, mm. they sold him to QPR. I yeah. do find Lee Johnson to be. He's a remarkably. Uh, I find him a really interesting character. Little proper little man syndrome. Yeah, so I mean, if if we can maybe get up and uh, upset Lee Johnson as much as possible in the process, that's worth doing. And of he course, might offer, he'll offer to fight us. Well, we, at the play, end of the we play them soon, don't we? As well, so we can get Freeman in and banging him in against uh, Lee Johnson and celebrating in front of the dugout. Maybe the key to getting Freeman out of Sheffield United is to tell Chris Wilder that he's going to play instead of Pat Bamford. That please him. <laughs> we promise we will drop Bamford. Good. Who's Corley Woodrow? And where's this come from? Cauliflower, as his mother uh, christened him, Corley for short, plays for Barnsley, and everything that's ever come from Barnsley to Leeds has always been great. Like what? Paul Heckingbottom. Oh yeah, it was sarcasm. <laughs> I was trying to think. I was trying to think who you actually meant. But they do always for uh, Apo Halme. We need to get something back and Mowat um, and all the other players we sent their way. I mean, I don't know a lot about him, but he's basically a decent striker in a shit team. He was well thought of when he was at, at Fulham, and he's. In his younger days, and then he was one of these who went off on loan somewhere every season and never yeah. never properly settled anywhere, as he has settled at Barnsley and seems to be fairly well regarded there. And he, and he does look a little bit like Bamford from a distance. <laughs> He's been scoring one and two in that Barnsley side by the looks. Is that right? Yeah, and they're rubbish. He's got two goals on loan for Bristol City as well under Lee Johnson, so I wonder if he's another Lee Johnson hater. I mean, he can play in the big games as well because it looked at his wiki. Played in the, represented the South of England in the Tesco Cup in 2008. <laughs> So he's used to the big occasion. Yeah, so he, he can he can cut it with the best of them. I mean, he's got England under-21 caps and stuff. I mean, he's got to be brilliant. He's got nine of them, three goals as well. And we saw how excited we were about Eddie Nketiah scoring for how, England um, under-21. So. How, old, how old is he now? 25. All right, so he's, he's well sort of past the under-21 bracket. Hasn't made the step up to the 
full team. Not not just yet. Not as maybe next year once he's in the Premier League with us. He can, mm. Yeah, he can revive his career. He's he's got it after all those loans. He seems to have found his home in Yorkshire, just the wrong bit. He did sign a, a new contract in May, so he clearly is willing to stay in the area. Yeah, we could he, we he could upgrade his house for him. He won't need Levi Solicitors <laughs> Services for a new house unless he can, they can help him. Maybe he he thinks it would be too complicated he to could, move, and he doesn't realise how simple and what a great ten percent discount he could get. He could maybe he get out of his of his back to back terrace in in Barnsley that he shares. And that's um, come from Alan Nixon, always reliable with his rumours. Well, he's also responsible for Luke Freeman as well. Oh, right. And there's all sorts of names flying around, like Glenn Murray's always uh, popping up just because I think he's old. And I think any any striker who's kind of slightly out of favour at a Premier League club at the moment is um, is being linked with us, with possibly the exception of like Lacazette or uh, Divock Origi. He's getting some games now, so we're probably not, not going to be in for him. Hey, one good thing that's happened, though. Return of Debock, as Mark Morrison once sang. Well, it doesn't sound good. Well, depends on your point of view. For him, and I still retain some sympathy for Lawrence Debock as a person, because I do feel like Leeds United is... He's one of the... Hopefully the, the changing of the decade will bring to an end Leeds United just ruining people's lives for no reason. But after his loan at Sunderland, he's been recalled, and uh, Phil Parkinson... Sunderland boss says it's for personal reasons as Lawrence wants to go back to Belgium. And I imagine he's wanted to go back to Belgium for about three years now. And maybe they've finally, finally found a way of letting him go home. How is Yasuki Adeguchi? Do we know? <laughs> I keep meaning to check up on him. I think he's doing fine, actually. All he needed was to get back to Gamba Osaka, where he was a superstar and a brilliant player. And maybe the same thing will happen with Lawrence de Bock. He'll get into that Belgium team that's going to win the, the World Cup, the European Championship, whichever one's next. He just needs to be back in the land of mayonnaise. Under-23s did all right, though, didn't they, against Hull? The little mini Tigers? The Cubs? <laughs> the Cubs, the Cubs, yeah. Very nice. McCalmont, another another nice goal in that. Some nice Bielsa-esque one-two stuff going on at the edge of the box. It's a strange league, isn't it, the under-23s? I feel like... Whenever we get a good result, we're really pleased. And whenever we get a bad result, we go, oh, there's something gone wrong there. It's not fair. (laughs) (laughs) We're happy to dismiss it or embrace it as much as we choose. I did get the reminder last night watching Martinelli coming on for Arsenal and and the other 18-year-olds that they they brought on of... It's the club's aspiration at the moment. They're trying to make us into a tier one academy or a tier two academy by the end of this season. We are tier two at the minute, yeah. Right, without even uh, without the move to Holbeck yet, just so we can get into the league where players like that are. Because Derby, who were in the, the level above, the professional development level above, hammered us 7-0. And then we're hammering Hull 5-0. And it does kind of say the players we've got need to be playing against better players. And that was kind of the, the concept with Victor Orta's influx of absolute nonsense in his first season where we we didn't have enough players for an under-23s squad. So we just filled them with as many sort of half-decent players from across Europe to, to give Robbie Gotts somebody decent to play with. And yeah, it was just that little reminder. Like, I was thinking, why why have Arsenal brought on this 18-year-old who looks magnificent? And our, our young players all look really good, but then it is kind of a reminder that maybe they're not going to be instantly top four Premier League level as soon as they go in, in the team. They're starting from a bit further back. And, and that's the reason we are in a, doing the 23s, are in a, a lower 
development. A lot of that is concerned with money as well. Now, your money doesn't count where FFP is concerned. It's it's ignored, isn't it, as investment in youth. However, it does involve quite a substantial cash commitment and facilities and staffing levels and stuff. So Mm. you're talking about taking on costs that maybe the club can't afford just yet. Well, it's what they're saying they want to do. The the plan for this summer is to become a tier one academy. So it sounds like I hope they wouldn't be bragging about that if they weren't going to actually pay the money for it. And then after that, it's then putting all the money into moving to Holbeck, which is, this is the year when they do the proper scoping work to see if that can actually happen at the Matthew Murray site. I mean, what's the point in bringing in young players? Because we know what'll happen. Liam Cooper will get in front of him and he'll just start effing and jeffing because he's a disgrace. Why have the FA even mentioned this to anyone? If you don't know the story, basically, he he used a naughty word in front of a ball boy. Something like, give me the flipping ball back, you Mm. little bugger. I mean, so what? I mean, have you heard the Leeds fans chanting about Sky Sports? <laughs> See, did we mention on here Louis Coyle still just about of this parish who Sunderland want to steal from Fleetwood now? It seems like everybody's determined not to let him live the rest of his life and career at Fleetwood. But he effectively, I don't want to make it too, sound too dramatic, punched a Blackpool ball boy to the ground. He gave him a proper shove at least to try and get the ball back off him in a game that was already riven by pitch invasions and um, and all sorts of fights going off. And he went to the ball boy school in Blackpool, surprised him, took him, he'd got him a pair of... Uh, I say, decked him outside. <laughs> but took him out. <laughs> Beat the shit out of a child. No, no crowds here now, Alison. It's just me and you. <laughs> Waiting for him outside the school gates. No, he gave him a... Because From a family of boxers as well, isn't he, Coyle? <laughs> Well, he took his brother down as well, gave him a proper shoe in. Well, he gave him a proper pair of shoes because oh. he gave him a pair of football boots in orange because it's a, the kids are Blackpool fans who came in then and apologised. But what was great was the ball boy... There's a pair of clogs for you, enjoy those. The, the ball boy said, uh, no, it was really good of him to, to come and, and say sorry. And I, I wasn't mad about it because in his situation, I'd probably have done the same. I was like, there we go. Whereas this little Fulham idiot is all like, oh no, you swore at me. He had been a cockney, though, wouldn't he? Somebody. Landon, right, Landon. I remember when I when used to... going back and playing to Fagan. You'll, you'll never know what happened to me today. We've got to get you Scottish. When I used to play for a bad Sunday league team, you know, like, it was down at Adel somewhere, but there's pictures side by side and there was a kids game going on next to us and Andy, our goalkeeper, was a bit of a sweary character and one of the mums from the pitch next to him said, would you mind watching your language? There's, there's kids here. And he says, if, you don't, if they don't like fucking swearing, they shouldn't be playing fucking football. And, uh, <laughs> and that, that applies here. And that applies here. Yeah. Did you notice the um, the attitudes? And I think this is a good sign of how much we did sort of rattle them. That One of the Arsenal ball boys was giving Messier last night he stood right on the edge of the pitch holding the ball yeah. out to him and made Meslier come over and get it I mean that's fine like I love that kid who threw the ball past Cristiano Ronaldo and then looked the other way <laughs> as if nothing had ever happened I thought that was that was cool and then the, the Spurs one the other week who who was obviously been told get the ball back quickly and, and, and did all that that's fine but FA Cup third round against a a championship team and you're time wasting yeah it just it was more embarrassing than anything else not as embarrassing as Liam Cooper having to make a public apology for this it's fine if they wanted to say like get in touch with them and say ball boy wasn't happy about that you need to just watch yourself around the ball boys and, and careful with your language ball boys are like 15 and also, they're not, they're not, it's not so, he's not told a five year old kid to fuck off has he it's, it's going to be like an almost adult that he swore at sitting next to a football pitch as well it's not as if this is the first time that ball boy has ever heard a curse word being used. I mean, unless Fulham have a swear jar or something. He's gone ridiculous. home and his mum's been, where did you hear that word? <laughs> Liam Cooper said it to me. 
Right. But you don't ever say that again. Mommy is not a... F- <laughs> We'd established that because he's a cockney, he's an orphan. Of course. So, so unless it was the ghost of his mother who he was uh, confessing to. Anyway, sent him a shirt and some boots so he can fuck off. I hope he wrote that on the note. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Taking a lead from the sensational performance of the Leeds fans in London yesterday, we are going to be having our own little, um, perhaps slightly wet party. Mm. That sounds... Sounds a little bit porno, doesn't it? Sounds a little bit like a a German fetish club. (laughs) It does. I'm talking about the booze baton and our end-of-season promotion party, which our mate Eden J. Harris, who goes by the nickname of Garden, check him out on Twitter, he's been tracking this for us. Basically, party started the season in Leeds when we lost to Stoke in the League Cup. They took it from us, and that became the destination, and so on and so forth. It It changes hands through victory or defeat, whichever way you want to frame it. Anyway, it's in Southampton at the minute. Uh, did you notice, we didn't mention this on the last podcast, but it, they played Huddersfield in the Cup at the weekend. So there was the very real possibility that it could have been fun and frolics in Kirklees with the Cowley brothers, couldn't it? What a night out that would have been. Oh, that's quite fancy now. An indie rock club, presumably, with those two. Whatever the older brother wants to do, I think. Well, we dodged we dodged that particular bullet anyway, and it stayed with Southampton because they defeated them. They've got Leicester at the weekend, so there's a very good chance I think this is where the baton might be changing hands. Mm, Leicester, I don't fancy it much. I've had yeah, I've had I've woken up in an awful state in Leicester before. There's a nice park. Is that where you're going to be sleeping? Was it really? Was it a park you woke up in? Or no, no, it was just a, a terrible hangover after. It was a festival at Abbey Park. I think I've been to that park, you know, strangely enough. In fact, I remember being uh, rowed around the, the boats by... I said rowed about the boats. I should have yeah. specified it was a lake. I was in the boat. <laughs> um, it's a good park, so maybe we could just go there. Cans in the park. The alternative is we could go to one of those favourite destinations for Leeds fans, which is Leicester Forest East Service Station on the M1. Either or. I mean, there's got to there'll probably need to be a few designated drivers, or unless we just get a lot of coaches. On this week's Extra Ball, then, our other subscription-paid podcast, we are looking back at the 2010s, and we're going to have a look back through the highs, the lows, and all the bits probably in between, because there are quite a lot of in-betweeny bits. There was uh, one of those, like, Talking Heads Channel 5 reviews of the decade. We're going to have Stuart McConey on it. 
Lazy content, basically, is what we're saying. <laughs> it's just lazy end of decade content. Um, yeah, but you know, it needs it needs covering off. We'll only we'll only do it this time, and then it's another ten year wait for the next some, one. So. Get some weather presenters we've not heard of to come in and go. Do you remember that? I remember that. You weren't born though. I still remember it. Bonus content on the extra ball every week, and by subscribing to the extra ball, you are getting behind us as well, which we really really appreciate. And the chance to win goodies from us every week as well. A mug made out of mug stuff that's dishwasher safe every single week. Enjoy your first month free at the squareball.net forward slash the extra ball. Wednesday on Saturday. I mean, I'm struggling enough with it being 2020. I don't need this in my life. I don't need Gary Monk in my life. We really don't. After the the sort of the joy, the unbridled joy of that first 45 minutes at the Emirates, we're now going to have to get straight back into the grind and endure Gary Monk properly shithousing us on Saturday. It is a real bump. It's going to be time wasting from the, the first minute. More or less, I would imagine. Well, I don't know. I mean, they need wins. If they've got to avoid this massive points deduction ending in relegation, they've got to get some, some wins on the board. Because they've um, they've kind of appealed and they're going through arbitration and stuff like that. It feels like they're trying to delay and delay as much as possible, doesn't it? Aren't they trying to sue the Football League at this point as well? They've also, they they did win in the, uh, they beat Brighton in the FA Cup. So they beat Premier League opposition in their, uh, their prize away to QPR. Ha 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 have that you losers they're not on a great um, streak of form three consecutive they're, shit. they're managed by a wanker three consecutive league defeats to Stoke Cardiff at home and then Hull at home and all those shenanigans of um, Hull's manager not being able to park and there was no electricity in the dressing just behave and losing to those three as well you don't lose to Stoke I know they've got the new manager and he's decent but Stoke, Cardiff and Hull what a depressing state of affairs but it, well, actually, no, it's hilarious. It is the classic Gary Monk bounce has happened and now they're sort of tailing off again. I've had the group together, you know, talked about what we need to put out on the pitch at the weekend. Bit distracting. Pep Clotet sent me a text. All that kind of rubbish. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see how um, Stephen Fletcher and Barry Bannon's hair's doing. That's the main thing I'm going to be looking out for in this game because it's every time we play them, it gets a little thicker. This is one of those games when it will actually be a privilege to be sitting on the gantry. <laughs> anybody, anybody in East Upper, also, you'll have the take your binoculars. You'll get a magnificent view of the most important aspects of the game. Did very much, was it the person on Wacko who suggested that we've become too, too media loving now because he's on the bloody gantry and we do a podcast with you Phil see up there, it's freezing. You're too close to the club now. You're not the, not the voice of the fans anymore. I get, a, I get a desk in front of me as long as I sweep the dead flies off it. <laughs> when I get there, it's fine. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. There is, there is one seat that you sometimes see like visiting journalists go and they sit down and say, oh, there's, there's nobody here, loads of space here. And this because there's a light above it that attracts basically every flying insect in LS11. I imagine anybody who lives around there, just like they have their houses to fly free because they're all there and they realise that they drop upon them through the game. You see them hastily like packing up the laptops and moving. It's no Emirates with its ice cream fridge and Pinot Noir and all that kind of business, is it? Get I did a free bottle of water. <laughs> the toilets are quite nice. I did enjoy the poster that Paul Robinson, formerly of the YP, uh, tweeted it of, yesterday of Arsenal apologising for having a di- the, not having the right wine in stock. It was like, we are pleased to offer the, the Pinot Noir such and such instead. I just thought, at Leeds, I don't think there's a choice of wine. Graham Smith gave me a fruit pastel. You've changed. <laughs> you have sold out. You are just a, a media corporate lovey. Honestly, if you think we're too close to the club, <laughs> I mean, you, yeah, I mean, God bless you. And thank, thanks to the club for giving you the gantry seat, but... It's only so you can see properly, isn't it? And use a nice toilet. That's the two the two main benefits. Although the hand dryers are very slow. And um, the flies on the desk, still better than your flat. 
All right. Should we talk about Sheffield Wednesday? Let's talk about Sheffield Wednesday. Whoscored.com say that they are very strong at creating scoring chances and attacking down the wings, attacking set pieces. The way that's phrased makes it sound like they go and fight a set piece and strong at aerial duels, which will probably be Nituhu and Fletcher. They're weak at avoiding offside, weak at defending against through ball attacks and very weak at avoiding fouling in dangerous areas. Those are kind of, that's kind of useless to us because even with, Baz dog in the team last night. We weren't coming close from a free kick. Meslier, he's the answer. Stick him on free kicks. Yeah, do you think he'll keep his place for this game? I don't. I, I don't think he will, but stranger things have happened. Mm. He did very well. He did. Yeah. With, with Sheffield Wednesday, it is a, a Gary Monk. Stephen Fletcher is his Chris Wood in this team. Mm. If you take his goals out, they're basically nowhere. Yeah, he scored 12. The next best has scored three. Jordan Rhodes is still there with three. Tom Lees has scored two. So, Jesus... Where are they in the league? So they're just outside the playoffs. They're eighth at the minute on 39. Not staying there. 39 points. Or, or bottom when they get their points deduction. Yeah. Which I can't wait I'm for. I'm really looking forward to it. I, um, I want to just mainly see how quickly Gary Monk jumps ship when they get that points deduction. Because he's going to be he's going to be straight on the phone to his agent. League one is not for him, is it? Can you imagine? It would still be glorious to witness, though. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing that if it happens. In the meantime, though, we're better than them. We proved on national telly last night. Yep. The away game was fairly tight. That worries me a bit. It was a hard-fought game, that, wasn't it? It was nil-nil, wasn't it? Yeah. We don't really have nil-nils anymore, do we? It felt, I think that was the only one we've ever had under Bielsa. It feels old-fashioned to have mm. a nil-nil. George Graham here, the most weeks, weren't there? But yeah. I don't know, yeah, we need to just win this. We need to win every game, just to calm me down. Although, like you say, we've got through this Christmas period. I thought if we can get into the new year still sort of nine points clear then we're more or less up. But now we're here and we're nine points clear and it's the new year. still feels like we're not up. Mm. Our other teams, the teams around us, rather, do have some easy games. Brentford have a 12.30 kickoff at home to QPR. West Brom are away at Charlton, who are 19th. Lee Bowie, you might do us a favour there. Um, who else are we worried about? Fulham. Charlton are 19th now. When did that happen? They've just sunk down the division, haven't they? Since they beat us. It often happens. And Nottingham Forest away to Reading. So they've all got winnable games, as do we. So we need to make sure we don't undo that uh, that little advantage that we build up. Because we said, didn't we, the West Brom game, it felt like we'd kind of pressed the reset button to an extent on the season. And now we're kind of going into this this final run-in of 20 games. And um, a win here probably would not settle the nerves because I don't think anyone's particularly nervous but it would uh, go a long way to helping everybody hitting the reset button is maybe a fancy way of saying we didn't play like we did against Birmingham twice yeah and that was you know, a relief that it wasn't just going to be this is what this is what we're doing now <laughs> that first part of the season when we had the best defence in Europe nope we're doing this from now on and then to, to get back to that against West Brom where it was just one goal from a set piece that we know is a problem so we didn't see anything anything fresh to particularly concern us and even if I suppose the one worry from the Arsenal game is um, Billy's hamstring but that just means Stuart Dallas back at right back where he was very influential earlier in the season and we just need to play with 10 because we haven't got any midfielders but I think we'll be fine with that maybe yeah, well, Robbie Gotts keeps his place maybe so actually, stay in yeah. midfield yeah. but then we still we saw Helder Costa moving in and so you could see as Bielsa likes to say there's, there's players who can cover all those positions and baby Shaq's had his half hour in the you know, the 23 so can't be far away what do we fancy for this game then against Wednesday I think we'll beat them 1-0 I fancy embarrassing them to what extent to the extent that Gary Monk is crying can a snake cry could a snake weep? A weeping snake? <laughs> Is that a thing? That also sounds like a German fetish club as well. The weeping snake. Yeah, the, the weeping snake. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going down it's that line... Full, can... It is full of monks. 
Snakes can dislocate the jaws, so... <laughs> we got to dislocate Gary Monk's jaw as well. Could do. Force him to eat an egg whole, <laughs> but, but make it... An ostrich egg. Just, for, just force a rodent down his throat. I don't know, I don't know. Let's just win. Let's not worry about Gary Monk's throat. Sorry, what were you going to say about the game, Michael? It's weird. I feel a bit like it might be like last year's game. Fairly tight, 1-0. Jackie. It was a game where we felt like we were definitely going up, I remember last year. Yeah, it worked out well. So we're both going for 1-0. You're going for embarrassing? Yes, embarrassing nil. I'm not putting a number on it. Let's pick our heroes and villains then from the last seven days, people who've brought joy and despair in equal measure. Um, we start off with a Ken Bates Villainy Award, uh, named after a man who brought us plenty of despair. It's hard to think, looking back on those times, that it ever happened now, really, isn't it? Now we're enjoying things so thoroughly. And it is quite enjoyable, despite the stress of waiting to get promoted. Do you remember last time we played Arsenal, when Ken Bates was in charge? I and don't, I don't know. And Thierry Henry scored that goal, everyone mm. went mad. And then we played him a year before as well. The year before, when we drew there, we had... Gradle House and Snodgrass in the team. That was good. Yes. The game when Thierry Henry had to come on to, to score the winner, we had Ramon Nunes, Zach Thompson and Mika Varinen playing. Player. I wouldn't have a was, word against Mika Varinen. That was Ken Bates' transfer policy right there. I think we'd actually only sold Gradle by that point. Houghton was about to be sold. Snodgrass was going to be sold in summer. Ken Bates hated Mika Varinen though. He slagged him off wholesale for getting injured after he came and, and then worked out his, uh, like, the fee-per-games ratio. So absolute waste of money. Like, we, you signed the cheque. It was his mate who found him, wasn't it? It was a, a Williams signing, wasn't it? I don't think so. I think from memory, it was he was just found, like I said. We, we already had Forcell, didn't we? Did he just know him? Desperately. They are actually really good mates. That's what I mean. Did he just went, oh, I've got a mate. I've never worked like... out whether they met at... They must That's play. quite Sunday league, isn't it? Is. Any, any mates who can bring bring the boots down on Sunday, they'll get a game. We had to fight Red Bull Salzburg for him, I believe. I mean, that'd be, a nat- that'd be a great loan move for Jack Clark, wouldn't it, thinking about it? <laughs> the living embodiment of Red Bull. <laughs> Is that twitching on the sidelines waiting to come on? Is this why you're nominating Ken Bates, though, for, for that team? Yeah, basically for putting together such an apology. Darren O'Day was in that team as well. I mean, Christ on a bike. How, how they only beat us 1-0 is embarrassing, frankly. <laughs> it is. And also, uh, Wyoming Ken has been quiet. Although I did, while looking him up, I did um, I did find his term. Yeah, his term ends on the 1st of May 2021. So we've still got, oh, a, bit, okay. we've still got a bit more of, of Wyoming Ken to come, hopefully. <laughs> one, Anything. One more year. One more year. Who else is getting a nomination for Villainy? Uh, that Fulham child. The Fulham child, why? That grassing little bastard. Don't play it with your role. Just give the ball back and shut the fuck up. If Liam Cooper wants to pass on the address he sent those boots to, <laughs> if he's got his home address, we'll send the Coyle brothers round. Smash him up. The Coyle, the Coyle that's, that's an old retro podcast reference, is that? Yeah. No, that was the Turner Twins. That was the Turner Twins. The, 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 I'm thinking of Louis and um, what's his brother called, the boxer? Coyle. Daddy Coyle. That, yeah. No, that's wrestling, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, them two are going to go around and a giant haystack and give him a, a proper 15-year-old beating. <laughs> Who else is getting a nomination? Uh, another... another Pathetic child, Eddie and Ketia. <laughs> Never liked him. Never liked him. Expensive, moaning, gone crying back to his Ent- his, his mum and dad at Arsenal. A degree of entitlement about Arsenal, isn't there? I mean, he was quite good for a big play. We've seen now by playing them, we've seen the the culture he's come from. It's just like hanging around with a bunch of players who don't give a shit. It is true that actually, to an, to a certain extent, I think it really is. Uh, and also, I mean, they signed that Martinelli kid we were on about. They signed him. 
why they signed him if they've got Eddie. If they thought you were any good, Eddie, they'd be bringing you off the bench in an mm. FA Cup game. You, you might think this is a loan to Bristol City, but you may be putting down more roots. It will um, It will be genuinely interesting to chart his career from here, because I think he's good, but is, is he as good as he has been billed? I found yesterday there was a quote, ex-Arsenal loanee saying, you know, love my time at Leeds, it was brilliant having the the fans behind me and feeling the the, the support like and he quoted what the quote was when you when you ran back to tackle they cheered as if you'd scored a goal and at the time there is still some of his it made him love football again. Uh, Sanchez Watt that yeah. was he was just signed for Wealdston. Um this was on the occasion of him signing for Wealdston. He'd done kind of a look back at his his career. Still says Simon Grayson rekindled his his love for football after because um, he kind of lost his way at Arsenal and then without Simon Grayson to guide him after that he's ended up there so a warning to you Eddie Nketiah not every Arsenal loanee goes the, back and, um, uh, and does well there's a lot of expectation on his shoulders he is being billed as the next big thing and he might not be I mean it's it's, it's got to be great to be able to pick up the phone and have Ian Wright there to, to speak to and give you advice he's probably been in a lot of the situations he'll find himself in and was a legendary goal scorer but I'm not sure how useful it is to have Ian Wright jumping on your every move on Twitter and saying everybody look at this kid isn't he fucking amazing it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, give him a break no you're right it does add, a, add another layer of pressure though. You, should, you should talk him right down <laughs> just, don't, just don't talk about him just let yeah. him go to the footballing backwater that is Bristol and leave him Leave him to Lee Johnson's tiny, tiny little lying hands. <laughs> Lee Johnson's met him and thinks he's a target man due to the, the size difference between them. <laughs> Pumping big balls at him. <laughs> Gonna get to see him amongst other normal sized humans and be like, oh shit, he's only about five foot nine. <laughs> Thought we were signing Yang Collar. Uh, he lives in the Shire, doesn't he? Does Lee Johnson, little tiny hobbit man. Who else is getting a nomination then? A grown up child, allegedly Donald Trump. Don't start a war. We want to win the league. Yeah. Just just leave it alone. It's a just, bit, bit distracting, isn't it? Seems very spiteful that he's doing this when we're on the verge of promotion, trying to kick things off. A targeted strike against Marcelo Bielsa is presumably assessed as like too controversial. I, um, so let's take somebody out in the Middle East instead, start a proxy war with Iran to get back at Leeds. Speaking of controversial, I did see one Leeds fan this morning uh, tweet something. It was in particularly bad taste, but I couldn't help but laugh at it. It was a picture of uh, a quote tweet of, there's a picture doing the rounds of the body of the this General Salemi, is it? Yes. And this Leeds fan, who I won't name because I don't want to you know, cause some sort of pile on, mm. said uh, Anthony Taylor would have still let it go. <laughs> would, have waved, would have waved play on. Oh, God. Well, let, as we're on it, let's nominate him. Yeah. Not for this particular um, crime. Uh, crime. <laughs> well, a crime or, you know, it's up, it's up for debate what, what it constituted, but it's not for this podcast. But he did definitely let them off with several things. And also the people, whoever it was, who was the ref, who was the VAR ref who watched the... Stuart Atwell, wasn't it? Yeah. Him as well. He's, he's, he's Atwell the jumped up little prick. I mean, it's a Premier League referee. So they're all jumped up little pricks. It was, a, it was a little taste of next season, really, wasn't it? Dealing with jumped up little prick referees watching tellies. Just very slightly better jumped up little prick referees. Are they better? No. I mean, even fucking Keith Stroud would have booked Shaka last night. Shaka, is he, Shaka Khan, is he getting a... Um, I don't even associate him with the glorious name of Shaka Khan. He does not, not deserve <laughs> Shaka to be can't. even mentioned in the, the same breath as uh, she is every woman and Zaka is every <laughs> as far as I can tell. <laughs> While we're on cheats as well, um, Hal robson Carnu for that dive in the West Brom game. It feels a while ago now, but let's not forget. Let's go um, mental at Slavon Bilic about that. We'll go knock on his door and say, the game of the decade, and he dives. Very true. Now, I'm seeing a nomination here for Wayne Rooney 
uh, has been put on the sheet. Mm. What, who wants to nominate Wayne Rooney and why? I put him on there because I've not seen him play yet, but his name's just everywhere. Yeah. Mm. I'm sick of it already. And his number, surprisingly. And I, in fact, no, I have seen a bit of him on Match of the Day. Was it in I your grocers in the potato section? <laughs> <laughs> it was a, did he play for Derby in the FA Cup? He probably he did. did. He was referred to as uh, a quarterback, playing the quarterback role, I think by was, Jermaine Janus. I was mm. drunk at the time. But I've got a vague memory of this happening and was I just thought... o'clock kickoff? Oh, God. No, it was Match of the Day. It was, the, oh, okay. it was the evening highlight show. Lunchtime kickoff. <laughs> it was FA Cup third round. It goes on forever, doesn't it? You've got to drink to get through it. And I just thought, oh, this is what we're going to have. I don't want. I don't want him in this league. Quarterback is just what you say about someone who can't move. Yeah, basically. Yeah, Ilya Meslier is a quarterback, but he could move. He's just not allowed. Well, we'll see how much he respects those rules. To counterpoint that, I would like to nominate Bristol City for tweeting Wayne Rooney's Derby County because there's uh, there's a little. I think there's a little bit of a poke with a stick there, isn't there? And rightly so. Like you see, I'm all for Rooney becoming a bit of a distraction at Derby because they've become a little bit of a sideshow of a club, haven't they, of Derby this mm. season, which I've enjoyed a great deal. I mean, paying their players would probably be the first thing they need to take care of rather than worrying about having a expensive quarterback in their team that your manager doesn't even want. And he won't make much of a difference because they are a fairly terrible side. I just feel like I was, I'd got used to him not being here and I, I preferred it. Like young Rooney, when he first came through at Everton, that was exciting, wasn't it? he's going to be England's new striker and everything that's nice then he went to Scum and he was quite good there for a few years but obviously it was a Scum so he couldn't enjoy it even when he was playing for England you couldn't enjoy it then he got worse and worse to the point where Scum and England should have dropped him but they were hanging on for various records and then eventually he left and it was like ah we can all breathe again now the bad thing is gone let's just move on in a world without Wayne Rooney and now here he is again I mean, he can quarterback all he wants, but he's still just pinging passes at fucking Chris Martin, isn't he? Is he still there? <laughs> Who's even got up front? Just nonsense. This one could come back to bite us at the end of the season, couldn't it? You see if he can hit the cars as they're driving away from an accident. That could be his, his challenge for him. I have started to visualise what promotion might feel like this year, which is foolish of me, I, I do realise, but... I really, really want us to celebrate it at Derby. That's where I want it to happen. Just to nicely complete the circle back towards last year's playoff defeat. It feels like there's a... Complete the circle back to Bournemouth 1990. No, probably best avoided. Yeah, it it feels like we need to close that particular chapter. Uh, Like, you know, with Lampard dancing on our pitch and all the binoculars Mm. stuff. Because you know that there's the potential there for some naughty celebrations if we do it. And Wayne Rooney to finish the season with a driving ban. For what? What's he going to do? I'll drink driving. Just keep it consistent. You think that's going to def- it, definitely happen? But are you going to suggesting he's a criminal drink driver? He has been done for it before. Mm, I'll see you reaching for your phone to check. <laughs> <laughs> he has been done for it. Like I said, he, he may have been done for it before. I did enjoy Derby's attempts at sort of saying how much work he's yes, been doing. Yes, he is a drink driver. Okay. Yes, confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> Levi Solicitors, stand down. They were they were pushing out about how, even though he's not been playing, he's been doing um, loads of stuff in the community by saying he went to play a game of pool at a local community club and attended the Christmas party, even though he didn't have to, like the kids' party that he did. So in all the months he's been hanging around there, he, he's, he's done two things. That's good, isn't it? See? Did he go Did he go to the local kids' party as Mr. Potato from, uh, from Toy Story? <laughs> that what he was was he the entertainment just speaking of which there's a courtroom drawing of Wayne Rooney looking like a, an 80 year old man that's a hard Brexit face if ever you saw one that that's that's, um, that's what we want from this season is leads going up and some more courtroom drawings of, of Derby related figures are we going to pick ourselves a uh, a winner from that array of individuals then Fulham kid he's probably annoyed me the most so unnecessary and even like the fact that uh, 
Liam had to go the, the trouble of making that graphic as well so we could tweet it out. Like you got to choose a picture, you got to, what font are you going to do? Probably have a, a blend on it so you can see the text. Probably yeah. had to have it approved by the FA as well. Like, is is it, the wording on this okay? Like, not only that, he's had to spend postage on those boots probably. And the boots. And then he's queued up, boots at, the po- cheap. Queued up at the post office as well. And the, yeah, and the post office staff are probably like, oh, all right, Liam. Don't see you in here very Fuck often. Fuck off. What are you, what are you posting? <laughs> I did enjoy the suggestion that he might have sent him a, a Karma Gold Macron shirt as a, as a punishment. <laughs> Karma didn't have, Gold. Didn't have any of his own left, so he's got a wooden four. Here you go. It's <laughs> match worn. And two left feet from the boots. That's a one special as well, the two left feet. Anyway, yeah, so the Fulham kid's having it, is he? Yes. Yeah, your awards in the post, you much, prick. much worse than starting a nuclear war. <laughs> it hasn't started yet. Not yet. Uh, right, to. on to the Andy Hughes Hero Award. People who have made us smile across the last seven days, who we got? Robbie Gotts, for playing his first and last game for Marcelo Bielsa's Leeds United. Oh, bless him. He looked so delighted, didn't he? It, yes, it's good It's good to have finally seen him and his patience uh, rewarded, as we discussed as well as Marcelo Bielsa said, he's he's resisted the urge to to walk, flounce out of the club and straight into Barcelona's first team and got his reward, not with just a, a pissy little substitute appearance five minutes at the end of the game where you don't even touch the ball. Nope, you can go and start against Arsenal. Good. And he did all right. He, as we said on the match ball, he didn't uh, excel, but you wouldn't really expect him to against a, a team like that in a competition like that and a, on an occasion like that. He, he, he came through the test well. I think um, Bielsa's quote was something like he he proved that he has the capability to to compete in this level. And now he can go back to the under-23s and tell them all about the time that he once played against Arsenal. Ilan Meslier as well, for, for similar reasons, except he's obviously going to... This is just the first game of his 600-game strong league career, mm. which will, will surely follow this. Wasn't this how John Lukic came into the team? He just stepped in as a as a youngster. What, and, as the best passer in the squad? And didn't get dropped again. I don't think he was the best passer in the squad, basically, unless you'd forgotten it all by 1992 when the back I was going to say, comparing Meslier's spraying of the ball around to John Lukic's flustered kicking out of play that came in, in, in 1992. Just, he's, we thought he was a goalkeeper. He's Michel Platini and Stick Insect combined <laughs> in a glorious form. That passing, I know we, we mentioned it on the match ball, there were moments where we kind of all looked at each other yesterday. Like, did, you, did you see that? I was actually willing our defenders to give him the ball yeah. more often. Just when so they, you could see what he'd do next? Yeah, when they passed it to Berardi or something. I thought, Turn around, pass backwards. <laughs> I want to see what he can do. And it was like the uh, the fact that we do have a, an option to buy him on this loan move um, is great. I've seen 90 minutes of him and I say, buy him now. Wonderful passer. Yeah, who else would you like to nominate for hero ship? Uh, Bielsa, because he is an official hero. The Leeds Live hero of 2019. Oh, really? He was he was voted it ahead of um, people who've done things like saving drowning men, <laughs> saving a pregnant woman and her unborn child, helping the homeless, stuff like that. He's above all those. He would have done those things anyway if he'd had to. I bet he does all that stuff in his well, spare time. Well, I don't think any of those other people would have even done those things were it not for Bielsa's presence. I think he's made the city of Leeds a better place. So now people, ordinarily, you would have looked over the bridge at a drowning man and just gone, ah... What can any of us do, really? What would Steve Evans do? He's not going to help, is he? I'm just going to leave. Just going to let him let him wash away. Would he float? Steve Evans. Yeah. Turn himself into a into a boy with a U in it. Not a Wazim boy, but the spelling. All, all joking apart, do you 
feel like Marcelo Bielsa has made a genuine improvement to your life because I do. Enormous. Yeah. Enormous I'm, improvement. I, I my think, Saturdays yeah. for a start are now enjoyable. He's also made me like consider what it means to be a better person and I mean that quite sincerely. Yeah, don't you could start showing it. There's, there's, no, um, there's not much hyperbole in saying that he's made the city a better city because if you look at what uh, BBC were pumping out before the game last night, it wasn't that normal stuff of like, we got the, a, a cold train to the grim northern slag heap strewn. They called it the motorway city of the 70s, but all those motorways fell into the river. And now there's deprivation everywhere. And instead, it was how beautiful with um, Burley Banksy going around painting murals and um, everybody's really pleased to see Bielsa in the supermarket and... Yeah, it, it had that, that nicer feeling that it wasn't doom-laden photographs of Cellino and, and videos of him marching out of press conferences and saying, crisis club Leeds United have lurched from one disaster to the next since only, 2004. Only 19 years since they were Champions League semi-finalists. And there was a, a bit of that in the commentary. They did mention how, how long it had been, but it was more with um, it was more with amazement rather than relish in the commentary last night. And then... I tweeted it during the game that I think, and I've said it on the podcast before, that we should just be allowed into the Premier League now. I think last night was a good advert for it, not just the way we played, but everything about us. Yeah, four years ago, you probably would have said, everything about us said, we should just be bombed out of the leagues, just close the club down and forget the whole the whole thing, which obviously we'll have to face up to at the end of the season if we don't go up. But now we are in that position where we should just be... Elected to the Premier League. Elected, mm -hmm. yeah. I would like to nominate, as an extension of that, the BBC for multiple reasons. Not employing Don Goodman. <laughs> mm -hmm. Good work. Yeah, employing uh, Jermaine Beckford. Yeah. Uh, for not muting our fans when they were singing and putting birdsong over the top. Didn't even apologise, did they, allowing for any them, of the language? Allowing them to swear. If you have heard Liam Cooper saying anything that has uh, upset you before the watershed... Uh, we apologise on behalf of the BBC. And for them being kind enough to recognise great stuff when they see it and reaching out to us and getting the um, Reese Lowry, Bielsa, Day of the Dead artwork in their early show build-up, which was great. And Reese who spells his name properly. He does, like a proper Welshman would. So, um, so well done, BBC. And well done you if you've gone straight to our uh, website <laughs> and the merchandise link and ordered a copy of the print. Uh, who else would you like to nominate as a hero? Alioski. Yeah. Do sit there and take the piss out of the scum. Do do that. Magnificent. It, it doesn't matter that we did lose to them 4-0 in, in summer when we played for them. Those were artificial circumstances. Yeah, sit and laugh at them. I'm all in favour of it. And what's even great about it is we don't have to back it up. because We're not, we're not going to play them. So they can't prove he's wrong. And slinging some it. shit over a wall and yeah. running off. It's, yeah. it's, it's classic post-truth era, isn't it? doesn't matter whether it's true or not. We've said it now and it's out there. We are better than them. Are you though? Yep. Yep. You lost 4-0 last game though. Don't matter. Still better than them. Things have changed. <laughs> and then when we play them next season and we lose, well, things have changed again. <laughs> but in that moment, if we played them in the uh, third round, would have beaten them. I'd like to nominate Pat Bamford for, mm -hmm. for being better than... Eddie Nketiah, as everyone always said he was. He proved it against West Brom. Proved it, it against Arsenal. And all he did was back up everything that every Leeds fan has always said all season. Nketiah was very quiet last night, wasn't he? He was. Didn't, didn't make much impact in that game nope. compared to uh, to Bamford. Who missed several chances. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your hero? Meslier, for me. Because I was, I was worried about this Kiko ban because I was thinking it might be like when we had to put Bailey Peacock Farrell in and you always expected him to just let shots in. 
He just sort of let one in every every three shots or so. Every he one just, shot? He just allow one to go What's in. Every three shots? What are these two shots he saved? They, are these the ones that went wide? The ones that hit him. And with respect to um, Bravo, Papa Foxtrot, he does look like such a significant upgrade on the evidence so far, doesn't he? I mean, we've mainly just been cooing over his passing, but he did make some saves, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, made some good saves, and we highlighted that a uh, little bit of um, where he didn't have to deal with a corner, but he looked like he could have. <laughs> <laughs> Which is immediately more faith than uh, having Kiko Casilla at a corner. Um, yeah, he was possibly he was maybe the, uh, the the biggest individual surprise of the night, and I'm I'm content to, to name him as my new hero because he that. looked like he could have dealt with the corner. <laughs> Great, well done, Ilian Messier. That wraps up this episode of the Square Ball podcast. We're back on the Extra Ball this week and the Phil Hay Show later on in the week as well. You can get mags, mugs and merchandise via the website at thesquareball.net. We will return on the match ball as well after the Sheffield Wednesday game. Another glorious three points in the bag as we speed towards promotion. Hopefully not driving ban speed. Just sensible within the, within the legal limits towards promotion. And we'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening to this one. We'll see you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.